Alrighty, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started. We are thrilled to be having this conversation between the candidates for Oak Park Village Trustee and the Oak Park and River Forest Chamber of Commerce. For all those tuning in from different places, this podcast is recorded live from Boulevard Studio inside of the historic Boulevard Arcade. Shout out to Trent Stoner and the team at Cross Function for graciously letting us use this space. For those of you who do not know, my name is Darian Marion Burton, and I am the board president for the Oak Park and River Forest Chamber of Commerce. I am joined today by board vice president, Rob Duntner. How's it going, Rob? Darian, I'm doing great. How are you? You know, I'm excited to dig into this conversation um, with Oak Park Municipal Elections right around the corner. I think that there is no time like the present to be joined by these fabulous people. Rob, would you like to do us the honor of introducing our fine guests? Absolutely. I'd be honored. We're joined by, and Kenneth, please wave as I introduce you, uh, Corey Wesley, Susan Buchanan, mm-hmm. Brian Straw, and Simone Boutet. Thank you all for joining us. For those of you that are listening at home, the office, or wherever you listen to podcasts, this conversation is being recorded in front of a live audience consisting of Diamond and Platinum members of the Chamber of Commerce, as well as members of our executive committee. All right, so we're going to jump right in. Um, So recently, just this past Sunday, the Chamber released its top 10 business concerns. This is our third year releasing this list. But before we talk about what's on this list, I want to hear from each of you what your top concerns are for our business community and some ideas you have to address them. Brian, let's start with you. Sure. I I think that I think that when we're talking about top concerns for the business community, it really, you have to go back and look at the last three years. Uh, You know, the pandemic hit, everything shut down. And then coming out of the pandemic, everyone was facing real staffing shortage concerns. And then as as that started to ease, though it still hasn't completely, um, inflation was just taking off. and, And the costs on all kinds of businesses started going through the roofs. And this is a really tough environment in which to um, make, make a go of it as a small business. The margins are often so narrow. And so it's hard to name just, just one top concern because all of these things tie together to, to make a really challenging environment. And so we as a village need to be thinking about what we can do to to help bridge the gap for all these small businesses that are facing and and larger and growing businesses that are facing this tough environment and and how we as a village can work with our partners at the chamber at the OPEDC Pick Oak Park Downtown Oak Park Visit Oak Park all of these entities all of these stakeholders to really craft solutions that are going to help move businesses through this challenging environment. Awesome. Susan? Well, first I wanted to thank you for having this really cool event. We feel really important sitting up here. And thank you to Kettle Strings Grove for that amazing drink that is going to make my words come much more smoothly. (laughs) I'm having a lot of fun now after that delicious drink. Um, But certainly um, pandemic recovery is obviously 
a, a really big deal. Many small businesses struggled during the pandemic. So uh, recovering from that and the revenue loss due to the pandemic is a huge issue. I know that the minimum wage is an issue for small businesses. While I support the minimum wage, now if you actually follow the minimum wage compared to um, rate of inflation, it should be around $25. So we know that $15 still isn't enough, but it's, nevertheless, I know it is a burden for some small businesses. Um, my priority is also sustainability. That's always my number one issue for the village. And how can small businesses participate in our climate action plan? I know that recycling and composting is difficult because of the lack of alleys and some other logistical issues with small businesses. Um, businesses are going to have to get on board with our climate action plan. I want them to. I know a lot of businesses want to. We probably have a single-use plastic ban coming up, so it's really important that the village help with that so the small businesses don't suffer because of that. For all of us to get through climate change, it's going to require a lot of money from the government to get us through it. And I think the last thing would be communications with the village. You know, it's been an issue in the past. I know it's improved. I'm really happy that it's improved. I've tried to help it improved, improve. So any interactions with the village should be easy. The village should be accessible. And anything that you need to accomplish with the village should be, um, should be just really facilitated and very easy. Awesome. I'm going to jump over to Corey. All right. All right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, this is a great studio. Um, I record at my desk at home, and so this is a little bit different. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, I'll, I'll kind of limit the number of items here um, just to kind of be focused. But the first thing is pandemic recovery, right? Like, um, obviously, we're coming out of the pandemic. I think a lot of businesses are starting to feel um, that we're getting back on track. I don't know that we're back there yet to where we were, say, pre-pandemic. But pre-pandemic isn't a destination either, right? Because if you think about where we were in 2020 and then it being 2023, if we just get back to 2020, we're still three years behind, right? So we got to think about the growth that we put into our um, economic environment and our small business community so that they can not only get back to pre-pandemic, but get back to where they should be had the pandemic not occurred, right? So that's one of the things that I um, think is a big concern. Um, we got to stay out of the way at Village Hall Right, like that's one of the things we can do, I think, to help folks. Um, sometimes we mean well, and then we put things in place that kind of contributes to um, instability or, or headaches with the small business com community. So my motto is, is we either need to be helpful or we need to stay out of the way, right? And as long as we're doing one of those things, I think we're either we're encouraging our small business community. But if we're act actively putting roadblocks in, like some of the bureaucracy that's at Village Hall that we've all heard about in the small business community over the last few years, uh, or indefinitely, um, you know, then that those that that's one of the things that uh, that we need to get out of, that that we've um, that we need to eliminate. And then the last thing is surface parking. Right. I think we've heard a lot that surface parking is better than garage parking. Now, we've got a lot of garage spaces. Right. Like and so we're trying to figure out how we can utilize those. But I also know that there's a lot of small business owners who really prize and prioritize that surface parking. Their customers don't want to use anything else. So there's some there's some things we can do that right there. We do have some underutilized lots that aren't village owned that we maybe could 
you know, talk to some folks and maybe kind of lease or combine or what have you to try to create additional surface parking for, for our businesses. I'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. Great. And Simone. No, thank you. This is Simone Boutet for those listening out in Radio Land. I'm old school, so I go with the radio. (laughs) 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 My dad was on the radio too, so I get that one. So I I think my biggest concern for the village, the business community, is the um, is marketing, is a consistent way to market the village. We have a history here of having downtown Oak Park, which does a fantastic job. We have the chamber, which is limited in their funding. We have Harrison Street and other business districts that some are doing great and some are not. And so some way of having a consistent village-wide marketing scheme that will bring customers not just within the village, but also outside the village. I have to say, when we run for office, you know, one of the things we have to do is stand on the street corner and ask people for signatures. And I was very pleased to see how many people said, no, they can't sign my thing because they don't live here. So we actually, you know, we do have a, um, a draw, right? And so I think the vitality of our business community is really dependent on the diverse the diversity of the of the businesses obviously their survival is important their survival does depend on marketing on parking on the taxes that they have to pay and again also on the communication with village hall i'm hoping under a new administration that it's easier because i know there were some serious issues during the pandemic uh, our responsiveness was not there, and I'm um, hoping that we have turned the corner on that. Not that we'd have another pandemic, but if there is a need and some communication, I'm really hoping that is going to improve. So the other thing is, um, I, I care, it's not like the top thing to talk about generally in campaigning, but I care a lot about aesthetics, community aesthetics. And it always strikes me the beautiful containers that downtown Oak Park is able to um, to make so beautiful and a draw even at Christmas time or in the summertime, and having a kind of um, community beautification in every business district. And my final concern, and this is a really important one for me, is that we think about we think right now that we're talking about Oak Park Avenue and we're talking about downtown Oak Park, but I think of the business community as every district, and we have serious issues in some of our East Oak Park business districts. Uh, we were uh, asked about Roosevelt Row by the Southeast Oak Park Community Organization. I went down there, and it does not look like Oak Park. It is boarded up. It's it's in it's in terrible shape. There's debris on the ground, and it's uh, needing attention. So one of my big commitments to Oak Park is that we keep every neighborhood equally livable, equally attractive, so that everybody can live with the same quality of services. And for me, that's actually a racial equity issue. Is we make sure we don't have bad neighborhoods and good neighborhoods that all of our citizens are able to live with the same quality of life. Thank you, Simone. I'm really excited because you all raised things that are on our top 10 business concerns list that we put together for our members. And I'm really excited to dig into those. But before we do, uh, one more general question. Oak Park in the last couple of years has had a record number of new businesses opening up. Despite the pandemic, despite economic uncertainty, more businesses than ever are opening in Oak Park. We've also seen many longstanding businesses close over the last couple of years due to the pandemic, due to other factors. I'd like to get your thoughts on how we continue to attract and retain businesses here in the community. And Corey, as a business owner here in the community, I'd love to have your thoughts first. Yeah. Um, So um, as the chair, a former chair of the OPEDC, like one of the things that I actually take pride in is that a lot of our recommendations from the OPEDC helped contribute to the environment that created those record business applications uh, over the last year. Um, 
I think what we have to do is is work to continue to create a vibrant environment and a safe environment here in Oak Park so the businesses want to live here. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from my time at the EDC is that business owners, large and small, value diversity in their um, in their environments, right? And so what as part of as Oak Park, what it does well, right, is create that diverse environment. We got to make sure that we continue to do that and continue to bring in that inclusion and make folks feel welcome so that businesses want to live here, right? They want to come and, and grow and, and, and choose Oak Park, right? There's a lot of competition. Um, I also think that we have to cast our net pretty wide, right? I think often there's this, um, there's this thought process that we want to pull customers only from one part of the region, right? We often look west. But there's a lot of folks who live east of us as well who come to Oak Park often, who shop in Oak Park often, who feel really comfortable here because we've made this a welcoming space. We need to make sure that we're looking east as well when we're looking for business owners potentially and also customers, right? Because if I don't know if you ever go to Cooper's Hawk, right? But there's so much diversity there, right? Like there's all types of people having dinner there, having lunch there, folks feeling just having a good time, right? That's Oak Park to me. And I think if we continue to create an environment like that, we'll continue to get more businesses here and we'll continue to keep businesses here. Great. Let's expand on that for one second. Simone, sure. you, you sort of raised the same issue about looking outside of the downtown Oak Park area. Mm -hmm. Could you talk about what you think we could do to specifically support businesses that are diverse, that are diversely owned or located outside of that area? Well, just to clarify, I, I'm talking about bringing in customers from outside mm -hmm. that area. You're talking about attracting businesses from outside. I'm talking about in. just supporting businesses in general, whether it's, yeah. whether it's attracting new businesses, ensuring right. the ones that are here can stay. Yeah. Well, I think is missing right now. And uh, actually, this is one of those things where I don't open, I don't own a retail business or a storefront business. So I would certainly be looking to <clears throat> listen, right? But one of the things that I think would be helpful is if we had somebody in the village hall who actually collected data on our businesses. And so somebody coming to the village saying, I want to open a business here would have a one-stop shopping place. And that person could say, you know, someone comes, I got a great idea. I want to put a coffee shop on uh, the 10 hundred block of, of South Boulevard. You know what? There's like 16 within a two block radius. And maybe that would be something, you know, we would, we would explain to them where it would be a good place to locate or even look at different types of businesses and how they succeed, who succeeds and who fails and have that kind of information, which we can get from the sales tax data kind of aggregated, not specific to the business, but what does well here and what's missing. And so, so some way of recruiting what we think really is missing from the village. Um, I think that would be a uh, helpful kind of liaison role. I am also uh, not fully knowledgeable, but so far a fan of the number two person at the Oak Park EDC that is responsible for this kind of thing. I think someone like that is very important, whether that's a person within Village Hall or, or leaving that role at the EDC. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's really good. It's somebody that's very... Um, extroverted and helpful and, you know, friendly place to go when you want to open a business in Oak Park that would help you with everything. That's great. Susan, continuing to build on that, um, some of our members have suggested, I don't know if any, if any candidates or, or current trustees have suggested this, but some people have suggested being a little, the village being a little more proactive in terms of limiting the number of certain types of businesses that can open in certain areas. Could you share your thoughts? Would you be supportive of an idea like that? Yes, and we do actually do that now. Um, we have a plan commission that weighs in on the developments that want variances from the zoning, and so that is one way that we control who builds what where. 
We also listened to neighbors, and we also, you know, there was a Taco Bell that was going to go in on the corner of Roosevelt and Austin, and the neighbors did not want a Taco Bell, and so it ended up, you know, going elsewhere. Um, so there is there there's room for the voices um, of multiple stakeholders in how we do our development, and I would say, you know, as far as attracting and maintaining businesses, it's it's so important to make it easy for businesses, and I think it wasn't easy in the past, and with the last <clears throat> um, administration, it there were changes made that made it easy, made the licensing easy, the permitting easy, and we have to make sure that that. Um, continues, and that comes from the village board. So it really is a village board that sets the tone for things like that. How friendly are we going to be to small businesses? What changes are we going to have the staff make to make it easy? So just to emphasize the role of the village board in that. And then we need to continue developing, and I, <clears throat> I am very supportive of especially transit-oriented development, bringing more residents in, that's who supports our small businesses. So more people means more traffic to those small businesses. And in terms of diversity for our small businesses, in the summer of 2020, uh, I, I'm the trustee liaison to the OBE, OPEDC, and I discussed with John Lynch about how to attract black developers to our village. And he made a concerted effort to reach out. He found a group on the south side. Um, it, it ultimately didn't work out. It's actually a huge lift um, to, to carry this out. Um, but our OPEDC, which often has the reputation of being very closed and private and some people even think nefarious, um, actually made steps, you know, made an effort to contribute to the diversity of our business owners in the village. Great. Thank you, Susan. Brian, can I ask you to talk about how your thoughts in terms of attracting new businesses to the area? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that one of the things we need to acknowledge first is what do businesses look like in Oak Park? Because I think, you know, a lot of a lot of folks operate from a mindset of of the storefront businesses we see, the the retail and the um, the personal services. But we have a really robust economy in Oak Park of you know second floor commercial type businesses of professional services, and we we need to when we're talking about how we're going to attract businesses to Oak Park recognize that in some ways the pandemic has created real opportunities for those kinds of businesses. We have more people who are in Oak Park during weekdays than, than we ever had pre-pandemic. That helps support our retail businesses, that helps support our dining um, because, because lunches and coffee shops are busier than they ever were pre-pandemic. And it creates opportunities to attract that second floor commercial type business. So that's something that we need to be um, really exploring. But, but you know, taking it a step further, I think that it's important to, to acknowledge, you know, I, I'm an attorney. I'm a litigator. I, I don't own a small business. Um, and it's, it's important for me as someone who is not an expert in, um, in small business to listen to our stakeholders, to listen to our experts. Um, we need to be doing more as a village to proactively reach out to the Chamber of Commerce and say, hey, what ideas do you have for how we can be doing more to attract small businesses and, and growing enterprises 
to Oak Park. We need to be reaching out to the OPEDC, the long list of stakeholders that that I referenced in my in my prior answer, and and working with those groups, those experts, to say, you've got ideas. You're the ones who are out there doing this. What is it that we can be doing to make your jobs easier? Great, Brian. Thank you. Love to hear that. And the chamber is always here to give input and give our advice. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, this is getting good. I'm actually going to turn it over to Liz Holt, our executive director at the chamber, for a message from one of our sponsors, Kettle Strings Restaurant Group. Thanks, Darian. Community is at the heart of everything the Kettle Strings Restaurant Group does. Born from a conversation amongst friends sitting around at one of their favorite Oak Park eateries, this organization is committed to good vibes, great drinks, and its namesake community. Visit them for a cocktail at Kettle Strings Grove, located at 105 South Marion in the historic Pleasant District of Oak Park. Just steps away from the Green Line and right around the corner from our recording location tonight, the Boulevard Studio. Great. And we're back. Um, so our next question has to do with public safety and crime. Um, there's been a lot of conversation about this right now. Simone, I know that this is a cornerstone of your campaign. Um, however, when we're looking at other communities, it doesn't seem that Oak Park really does have a crime issue. So in general, what would you say to Oak Parkers who and business owners that don't believe we have an issue with crime and public safety? Um, I don't really compare ourselves to other communities because it's our job on the village board to care about our community. So if you say, well, heck, look at the murder rate in Austin, I don't think that's relevant to Oak Park. I mean, it does impact Oak Park, but but my job is this village. It's this village. And I do think we have, we certainly see, um, we've had four murders in the past year. Those um, impacted our you know, it's it's, it's it's a very serious situation. We obviously have an uptick in um, carjackings and theft of catalytic converters. Um, and, the, and the traffic, it's insane. We've had serious accidents in the past five days. We've had at least three very serious accidents with helicopters and rollover and a motorcycle that got mangled dead on DOA. And I was meeting with the paramedics this morning talking about that. So, oh no, it's not just actual crime, but it's safety in general. And so I think we need a 360 degree approach, which is for me short term and long term. The short term approach is that we need sufficient officers on the street. We need to start enforcing traffic. We don't enforce traffic. Then there's the long term, right? Long term uh, uh, way to address crime is through getting to the root causes, right? This is a fascinating issue for me. It's complex. It is very, you know, there's multiple reasons why people choose to become criminals versus positive life outcomes. And when we talk about providing social services, these, this is who are trying to provide the services to people that are more likely to engage in a life of crime. So I see how that's all, I guess, related to the general public, but could you speak a little more specifically to public safety and businesses? Oh, and businesses. Well, I suppose you have theft. I mean, that would be what I assume. How do, I mean, I don't know that um, preventing crime, I believe in preventing crime. And deterring crime, which is two different things, actually. Deterrence is the word for the lives and making life positive life outcomes. And preventing is the, um, is uh, having a visible police presence that tells people you're going to get caught because the studies show that deterrent that the people are more deterred by the fear of getting caught than they are by the length of the sentence. 
So I do a lot of wonky research into all this stuff because I care about making the right kind of policies. And on the business community, I mean, some people would say that there's, you know, that the homeless, but the homeless are not committing a crime. Um, but they lead to people to feel a, a little bit less safe sometimes. And I support Housing Forward and the initiatives that we've taken to get them um, um, of the funding they need to have outreach workers and, and people responding to the homeless in a compassionate way. Yeah. Brian, I'm curious. One of the things that we saw last year was obviously a very horrific incident at a gas station. And out of that, we saw um, the idea of limiting hours of operation for businesses. What are your thoughts on that? And should the village be involved with limiting the operating hours of any business? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a hard issue because, uh, you know, the the fact that that gas station is open 24 hours was open 24 hours a day. Um, it isn't necessarily what's causing the crime. Now, if 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 the gas station isn't taking um, isn't taking security seriously, or, um, or or there are nuisance issues, then um, then we could we could look at that as a solution. But I I don't know that I would have gone straight to um, to shutting down. Uh, business for overnight hours because I think that I think that there are probably other solutions that we could go to first. Crime is is a serious issue, but we need to be addressing how we can prevent crime as a community and not necessarily how we can be, um, you know, just going place by place and saying, "Well, crime happened here. We need to we need to shut down this gas station." Well, now. Now crime has shifted to um, happening at, at Walgreens late at night because it's, a, you know, whatever it is, that's sort of taking, taking a whack-a-mole approach, and I don't know that that's necessarily, um, necessarily the best approach. That, that is, at this point, sort of water under the bridge, and um, I know that the 7-Eleven owners were, um, were excited to um, add themselves to to that and that um that helped you know resolve the the litigation over it but i think that you know when, when we're talking about an issue as complex as as crime and gun violence in particular in this case you know it really needs a nuanced approach where we're we're taking a multifaceted approach so you know we are short-staffed on our police force right now we've we've budgeted for about 20 more police than we have. And, um, and, and we can't hire them because there's a nationwide hiring shortage of officers. It's, it's not that we, we don't want to, it's that we can't. And so we need to figure out creative solutions to that. And that's, that's identifying um, how we can use an alternative response approach to, to reduce the burden on police officers so they can focus on their core law enforcement function, and and I mention that because um, when we're when we're talking about the impact on on businesses, you know, having having those police officers be able to focus on um, violent crimes and crimes in progress, um, rather than rather than having them focused on um, on smaller things, is going to have a larger impact on crime. Susan, you were on the 
board when this issue came up. I'm curious, could you explain your position on this matter and why you believe that voting that way was the correct way to go? On the closing of the gas station? Correct. It was a difficult decision. It's a, it's a really good example of how I approach these difficult issues. Um, and the last time I ran, I often said, you know, I'm a, I'm a physician. I don't, there's a lot I don't know about. But one thing I do know is how to do my homework, how to call, how to call the experts, do my reading, <clears throat> and then I check my values. And that's what happened with, with, this, with this vote. I looked and looked and looked for opposition to the closing. And I didn't find any. Um, Arthi had mentioned she was worried about people who worked at night and used nighttime to fill their gas and was worried about those types of workers. That didn't come up when I talked to people. I checked in with our racial justice folks about, you know, closing the gas station. They were, um, the, I mean, not that the person I spoke to represented the entire community, but the homework I did said um, it wasn't um, it wasn't concerning anybody. I also spoke to the neighbors. So the people with you know bullet holes in the sides of their houses, they are they are extremely concerned. And I am not going to minimize the concerns of folks who have um, suffered or experienced the shootings. It's not, not just the four murders, but there have been shootings and people with bullet holes in the sides of their homes while their children are out playing. So, uh, I'm certainly not going to minimize that. So I put that all together and then, you know, I checked my values. Where, where are my values in this? I went to the gas station. I saw they were selling these blunts or whatever people who like to smoke huge marijuana cigarettes look for, um, that seemed to be attracting some of the, um, the gang activity, you know, um, they, they're not willing to stop selling those. So it ended up in me, you know, agreeing to the closure just, mainly because I couldn't find any reasons not to. Great. Um, and then I'll pass it over to Corey. Um, any thoughts on public safety, the yeah. closure <laughs> of the gas station, and all the things we've talked about here? Yeah, I wasn't on the board when that happened. Um, you know, what I'd say is I did not have the benefit of speaking with the local community that my fellow board members did. So it's hard for me to make an informed decision in the way that they did because I don't have a bit of that testimony, right? And I think that probably weighed heavily on their decision-making process. Um, I think had I been on the board, I likely would have voted in the same way, even though I typically would say that I'm not a fan of limiting the hours of businesses. I think every business should be able to set their hours based on what we have on the books and what you get licensed for, and then coming in afterwards to change that feels like a breach of that contract, right? And I feel like, you know, we should think really hard before we do that. Um, this, with the 7-Eleven um, folks coming in and adding themselves to the ordinance, I actually voted against that. Um, I don't think it's the place of government to get in the middle of private party disputes, right? And what their issue was was that their franchise, franchise e owner, franchise owner, right, was basically saying that you can't be a Seven Eleven unless you're open twenty four seven, and they used us to get out of that that situation. For me, that's that's the, a, a, a conflict between 
franchisee and franchise owner, and they should work that out, right? At having us at create an ordinance to get a business out of a contract doesn't feel like the place of government, and so that's why I voted against that. Um, but in general, I don't think you can have a vibrant and successful business environment unless you have a safe one, right? And that means community safety across the entirety of Oak Park, right? Because we want folks to come in Oak Park because not everyone who patronizes Oak Park businesses lives or works in Oak Park, right? A lot of people actually come here as a destination. It's weird, right? Like, I mean, I, I walk around here all the time. It's like, I don't think about that. But then as, as Simone mentioned, right, like when collecting signatures to get on the ballot, there were so many people who didn't live here, right? And, and it was at least every third person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. and it's like, wow. And then some of the folks who don't live here are from far away from here, <laughs> like across the country, across the ocean far. And, you know, and I took the time to talk to a lot of them, and they, they commented about how lovely our village is, right? And so... In order to keep it that way, we just got to make sure that we're doing the things to make it safe. Some of you have already mentioned this topic, so we'll try to move through this fairly quickly to keep us on time. But uh, one of the common complaints that we hear from our members is that there's a perception, if not a reality, in the business community that permitting and navigating the municipal code and the municipal process is really a barrier to opening a new business. So what I'd like to hear from you, each of you is how you think the village can be more proactive and more helpful in that capacity. Susan, if you don't mind, we'll start with you. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of people think that the village board can just declare something and it's going to happen. And you can run on something and say, I'm going to do X and then it'll happen. But that's not actually how it works. Our only employee is the village manager. Um, so through the village manager, the village board does have the power to set the tone and and specific policy so something like that is is a is something that the can come from the village board that the village board says to the village manager you got to make it easier you got to find out what's what's difficult and you got to make those changes we don't decide what those changes are the village president uh, manager excuse me then comes back to us and says here's our changes and we say that sounds great so that is definitely something we can do now my understanding was that it was easier, and it does show the importance of the communication between us. You know, I um, made a habit of contacting Liz when something would come up in front of the village board. Unfortunately, you know, we get our agendas on Wednesday, and by the time I'm looking at them, it's usually Saturday or Sunday, and then I contact her Monday morning for the meeting Monday evening, and she has to scramble. Um, but it, I feel like that is really important that, that I have that, that really important stakeholder, clearly the chamber is such a huge, uh, important stakeholder, their input on any of these issues where we're making policy, or like I said, setting the tone for how things should be. Great. For small Thanks, businesses. Susan. Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, so as I said, I'm, I'm not necessarily an expert on, on business issues. So one of the things I've made a priority of doing during this campaign is sitting down with, with business owners and talking to them about their concerns. And this is one of the concerns that comes up over and over again, uh, particularly for, for folks who have opened their doors in, um, in just the last few years. And, and one of the things um, I've, I've been thinking about is I'd like to see us have a sort of small business concierge position in Village Hall where, where the purpose of that role is to serve as a connection 
for small businesses as they're going through these processes. When when you when you need to get a permit, um, helping pull you through the process, having someone in Village Hall whose job it is every time a small business is going through these permitting and licensing processes to say, hey, this permit's been sitting on this person's desk for you know, three or four days. What's, what's the issue? Is there something, like, do you need to, me to connect you with the business owner? Is there something we can do? Because when you're opening a small business, one of the reasons most small businesses fail in the first few years is because you only have so much runway. You only have so much capital. And anything we can do to shorten the, the front end time where you're just burning capital and no money's coming in the door increases the chance of that small business surviving and thriving and being a vital part of this community. And so that that's the reason why I see this kind of position as being absolutely vital to, to helping small businesses get off the ground and succeed in this village. Great. Thanks, Brian. Simone and Corey, you both kind of addressed this earlier. Is there anything quickly you'd like to add to this? Yeah, I'd Go ahead, Simone. Yeah. No, I think I hear the question a little bit differently, and I'm very familiar. For some reason, since I left the village board, and I have a long history of working for the village, I have this role of free consultant to the community. (laughs) People call me up all the time to ask me what to do. And there is a problem that has existed for a long time, actually got the two village managers ago in trouble, which is that you get a permit, and it says to do this from the building department, and then the fire department will come and say, fire safety, you have to do something else. And it comes up like way down the line. So what I think should happen is that there should be sort of what I'll call in the legal world estoppel, meaning once you have a permit and everything has been approved, you should be, that's the village's input. They can't make you shoot at a moving target. Unless there's something really life safety or really critical that has to be done or something comes up, but the, but there's this chronic problem, and I really don't see why it's so difficult, because it should be that the code department signs off, the fire inspector signs off, that's your plan, and they come out and inspect, but not change the rules as they go along. So that is a big problem, and it's actually really like a good government, almost like a justice issue for our community. Great. Thanks. Corey, anything you want to add? Yeah, I'll, I'll say that I agree a lot with a lot of what Brian said. I also agree with... Uh, a lot of what Simone said when I when I ran for trustee in 19, uh, small business concierge was one of the things that was on my platform. I also pitched this too from the perspective of the OPEDC to the village. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. It was under the previous regime, and um, the village manager then uh, wasn't a person who felt like it was the the place of the OPEDC to serve in this capacity to kind of shepherd folks through the process. Now we did it on the low anyway in, in a lot of situations. Like, you know, if folks came to us for help, we'd help, right? Often, though, you get to a point where you have to turn them over to Village Hall, and then at that point, they kind of deal with whatever they have to deal with. And we still try to give them guidance there, but we can't actively intercede, like I'm speaking from the, from the EDC perspective. Um, we have folks who know this village and know these processes in and out. We should utilize them. Right. Um, that's why we got them here, especially in this macroeconomic environment where we're not getting a whole lot of large um, developments. Right. So we should use folks like John Lynch and Eric Mazellas to um, kind of help folks get through this process um, easier. Great. Thanks, Corey. I'm going to quickly put in a personal plug. Having opened three small businesses in, in Oak Park, these things are concerns. 
my experience has been if you reach out to the village personnel, if you reach out to Cameron Davis, Tina Brown, that whole group, they are very helpful. They just, you have to go to them because they don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing necessarily. That's good to know. All your points are valid. Appreciate all of that. Before we dive deeper into this, though, I'd like to turn it over to Liz for a word from our sponsor, Caribbean Coffee. Thanks, Rob. We all know that coffee is a critical part of the day, and no one knows coffee like the folks at Cribby Coffee. Whether you're waking up and just starting your day, trying to get through the mid-afternoon slump, or burning that midnight oil, their air-roasted coffee is fresh every sip of the way. Quickly expanding with its newest location inside the Albion, Cribby is on the cutting edge of coffee and community. Looking for a meeting spot or a sweet oasis? Stop by Cribby Coffee at 149 Forest Avenue in downtown Oak Park. Awesome. I feel like we just broke some news there because nobody knows that it's <laughs> <laughs> So Oak Park has 11 business districts that are all separate, numerous advocacy organizations, and separate volunteer business associations, an SSA in downtown Oak Park, various marketing organizations, Do you feel that's the right approach to how a community should support its businesses? And if so, why? And if not, what would you change? Brian, I'm going to kick it off to you as a relative newcomer here um, for your thoughts. I I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that one of the things that that Oak Park um, has is a lot of people with a lot of initiative, um, but but sometimes, you know, we, we, we all want to be um, the head chef. And, you know, we've got, we've got all these different business districts. We've got all these different advocacy organizations. And they're all pulling in the same direction. We just need to, um, we just need to make sure that we're not duplicating efforts too much. Because, you know, it's not, it's not the most efficient structure. And I know that, you know, I've talked to, to business owners who, who are outside the downtown Oak Park business district who are really envious of, of everything we've got from the, the SSA of the, um, the downtown business district. And, um, you know, some of them are just, just blocks away and sort of looking, looking longingly, like, why can't, why can't that be happening right here? Um, and so I think that, you know, when we're talking about what Village Hall can do, because obviously Village Hall can't change what um what these organizations are doing outside of village hall but we we can work to make things a little bit easier when um when someone who is in the hemingway district wants to put together an event you know helping connect them with people with the expertise to put together the um emergency action plan that's necessary to get the permitting um you know help helping facilitate those connections so that they can do those special events because they don't necessarily have the funding and expertise of downtown Oak Park with their special service area. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the things that we need to see a little bit more out of Village Hall is, is being prepared to facilitate those kinds of things that can, can be a real boost to the business community. Um, because it shouldn't be all on the business community to make these events happen. It's hard enough to run a small business. Talking about the downtown Oak Park SSA, how do we remedy 
one part of the village having just a fabulous marketing <laughs> campaign in arm and no other district getting that attention or that service. Um, and Corey, this question's for you. You yeah. know, how do we how do we bridge that gap? Funding. That's really what it comes down to is resources, right? So um, downtown Oak Park has an SSA. That's money. That money is funding the marketing, right? I know when you look at it, um, when folks outside who don't necessarily know how it works looks at it and thinks it's the village spending the money, but it's not, right? And so if we want to duplicate what we have in downtown Oak Park, which I think is fabulous, right? It's amazing. It's working really, really well. Such a vibrant downtown. Um if we want to duplicate that in the rest of the village, right, we need funding, we need, to re, we need resources, right? And then we need to literally take the blueprint that has worked so well and then apply it across the rest of the village. Now, we do have people who can do this sort of thing. We have all the folks at downtown Oak Park. We have all the folks here in the chamber, and we got the EDC, right? Like, together, working together, right, with the appropriate amount of funding, I think we can do some great things for Oak Park and have one Oak Park. Right. And not this collaborate or this amalgamation. Right. Of 15. What do you say? 12, 30, 60. 11. Yeah, depends on the day. Right. right? Like, you know, and, and they kind of pop up like there's, um, you know, whatever. Right. So we got a lot of them <laughs> and we just need to we need a, a level of resources and a level a level of collaboration in order to kind of make that happen. Great. Susan, this questions for you. Would you support the consolidation of some of the business districts um, or even, um, you know, some way to bridge all of these organizations together, but also that comes with the village financially supporting some of these organizations that it traditionally hasn't? Well, hopefully people listening will have burned out by now because I'm not going <laughs> to <answer this. laughs> We're going to edit this so it's the very front. <laughs> Can I use I this one again as now. an example <laughs> of how I approach problems by asking? I would ask the chamber that. I mean, I would I would actually go right back to you, um, I would Darian. Some money. <laughs> and we'd love more efficiency. <laughs> okay. Because when you were listing off all these stakeholders, I, I saw it as such a positive. Like, this village is awesome. It's got all these really active groups, and they're all, like, doing what they want to do to make this village a vibrant place. And so I do see that as a positive. Um, but I, I'm actually not familiar with this desire that you have. And I am all ears. Um I do want the village to support the business community. Now, we are in a capitalist society, and, and government is not in charge of the business community, and that's usually for the negative in so many ways. Um, so the government, you know, I'm not going to be for the, the village government, you know, managing the business community, certainly. That's what the chamber is for. I'm, I am definitely open to us providing different types of funding to do some... Um, what did you say, collaboration or some some type of um, over, overall group. I'm certainly to open that open to that. I'm, I'm open to anything that people say will make the village better. Um, I just need to be informed of what it is, and that's that's kind of your job to inform me. Awesome. I'll set up a meeting, girl. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mo, my last question mm -hmm. is for you, and it's about marketing. Mm -hmm. um, Visit Oak Park, Pick Oak Park. Mm -hmm. we got a lot of marketing engines. Mm -hmm. um, you know, should we only have one? Um, and if not, why should we separate Pick Oak Park and Visit Oak Park? 
Okay, so I mean, this really wraps into the question that you just asked Susan and the others too. So what the SSA is paid for by the taxpayers who are business owners in in down uh, actually own the business own the space at least the landlord. Um, and when uh, it, I had asked this before, I actually thought about having the SSA expanded to Oak Park Avenue, and I reached out to the main business uh, the main property owner there, and I got a flat out no. No, because it's tax dollars, right? They don't need, they don't want to pay any more taxes. I reached out to the Harrison Street Business District also to find out what do they need. And I was told, we're fine. I was like, okay, practically got hung up on. <laughs> but we do have this problem, right? Which, which is, it seems so inefficient. It does seem inefficient. I believe in marketing because I think it pays back. And with respect to the Visit Oak Park, there's um, been some tension on the board before about whether we should fund them. But we fund them, and they bring the money back into the community, in my view. I don't have the data on that, but that's what they're supposed to do. And they also get a grant from the state um, that more than doubles their what we pay. So I feel like marketing dollars are an investment in the community, and they would pay themselves back with uh, sales tax revenue. So I would support that. Can, right. can I also throw in there that as we're talking about Visit Oak Park, Visit Oak Park is a regional organization. It is not an Oak Park only organization, and it is funded by um, by by hotel fees and taxes that go across the region. And so I think when when we're talking about the the organizations that we need to to consolidate, it's important to remember that Visit Oak Park, despite Oak Park being in the name isn't just serving Oak Park, and it's not one that we can necessarily talk about in the same breath as all of these other organizations. Um, it does do a very important function in, um, in attracting tourism to Oak Park, but each of, each of these organizations, many of these organizations, have their own specialties. And so we, we need to be very thoughtful as we're talking about how to how to bring them together and how to bring this collaboration together. That's why I said we have all these organizations that are pulling in the same direction, but, but they're not all the same organizations. And so, um, so I, I want to, I just wanted to pull that out because I think that a lot of people listening might not understand um, how visit Oak park when we're talking about that is different from pick Oak park and, and the, the very Oak Park specific organizations. Should we have our own tourism bureau? Um, I, I think that we actually get a lot of a lot of benefit from Visit Oak Park being regional and um, and the the dollars it brings in because when we're looking at the the hotel and um, overnight stay fees that help fund that, we don't have a lot of that here in Oak Park. We're we're getting that from Airbnb. Um, or or other sort of vacation rental type properties, but we, we don't have um, big hotels in Oak Park, and so we, we get a lot of benefit from working on a regional basis um, with Visit Oak Park. I, I don't think that we necessarily would want to um, would want to break away from that structure. Go quick, or... yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I'll, I'll be quick. Uh, well, well uh, what? 
you know, what I'll say is that what we're missing here, right? Like, and, and I was on the task force that helped create Pickle Park, right? And we had some marketing dollars at the time, and we spent that during COVID. This came out of the small business uh, task force during uh, the pandemic, um, during the pandemic towards the end of it and, and into the re- recovery. But what we're missing here, because we have all these organizations, is we're missing leadership, we're missing direction, we're mi- missing execution, Right. So we can create as many different organizations we want or shrink as many as we want. But unless we have that leadership, unless we have set that direction and do the execution, we're just going to continue to spin our wheels in the same place we are. Awesome. <clears throat> well, that concludes the serious questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this has but, been my favorite forum. I, I like. This I know has this been is great. awesome. <laughs> We're just gonna go down the go down the road. So we'll start with Brian. Go all the way down to Corey. Uh, Brian, where's your favorite place to get a taco? Ooh. Taco seventy six. Ooh. Susan. Uh, taco seventy six. Ooh. Okay. Same. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Me too. You got unanimity for the first time up here tonight. <laughs> Check out our other taco places, Taco Mucho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taco Pros. We got lots of good yeah. tacos. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Taco Pros is we great. We like Taco, taco Pros. Favorite coffee shop. Ooh. That's really unfair. There are too many good ones. I'm going to have to go with Addis Cafe. I love their turmeric latte. Whirlwind. Gosh, I I like I like fairgrounds. I like Addie's. They do that turmeric thing is fantastic. <laughs> it really is fantastic. Addis, it's the vibe for me. It's all about the vibe. It feels like a coffee shop when I'm in there. Love it. Favorite mural or mosaic piece or public art installation? Mm-hmm. That's that's a really hard one. We've got a lot of great public art in Oak Park. Um, I've got to say the the Black Lives Matter mural um, down by OPRF. Um, I was I was there when it was being painted, and it was local youth of color coming together to to do something that was really meaningful to them in a really tough moment in our country. There's a really sparkly mur- mural on Garfield, uh, just along the highway on the side of a residential mm-hmm. building. You would never even. I, I, I just passed it the other day. I had no idea why it was there, but it's been, I've been passing it forever. It's beautiful. So I have actually a favorite and an unfavorite. I like the mural. It's also sparkly. <laughs> <laughs> the sparkly mural between 1010 Lake Street and the Albion building. I like that yeah, one. I but I cannot stand the bl- red and uh, blue and red mural that's right uh, um, by the Bridgeland Pool. I remember when it was picked out, I actually worked at the village and there were all these examples. And I think it looks kind of scary. I was like, this is... Where is it? It's on the via- It's on the, a train embankment, just oh. like behind the pool. Oh, really? And it looks like broken glass fighting with each other <laughs> or something. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, no. Anyway, I think we could do a lot better with public art myself. I think there's some super cool examples of public art that I would love to see in Oak Park. Love it. Corey? I spent the last 11 years looking at the mosaic on, 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 on the hill at Berry Park, and that's my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. The kids playing, it's just great. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go this way now because, you know, it's not fair to Brian. Mm-hmm. I'll always be the first one. Corey, where are you a regular? This is not my question, but I am recording answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Kettle Strain's got the best wings in town. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Me? Where am I a regular? You know, I, I'm i not a regular because what I love is variety. 
And my, like, I'm married to a guy that wants chicken uh, and salad every single night of his life. And I want to go here and there and try any new thing that comes up. I like to sample. So I don't think I'm a regular anywhere. <laughs> okay, this is really sad, but I'm a regular at Carnival Grocery. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> sad about yeah, that. That's great. That's Several times a week. Spilt milk. Um, and I... I'm a big fan of being a regular at places because I, you know, I, I ascribe to the cheers theory of like, <laughs> you, you want to go someplace where everybody knows yep. your name. You know what? I have to amend. I think I'm a regular at George's. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Mm. It's a lit breakfast spot. I have to tell you. High school theory. Right around the corner from my house. Right around the corner. Um, what nonprofit do you always support on Giving Tuesday? Mm. Corey. I'm on the board of Oak Lighting Developmental Services, so that would be the one. I was on the board of Housing Forward, and I always support Housing Forward. Local or national? You choose. Human rights campaign. Um, following the the Muslim travel ban, um, I worked at the airports um, doing pro bono services, and from there I joined the board of Northern Illinois Justice for Our Neighbors, which is uh, a nonprofit across Northern Illinois that provides high-quality, free legal services to low-income immigrants. And so I, I come back to um, supporting them every year. I think that those the, the impact on um, people's lives there is just is very real. Great. This is an important one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what B2B organization's work do you admire the most? Corey, what's <laughs> B2B. Expand on yeah. Give me. Yeah, what is, what is no, I know, business. no, I know. So, but I'm just trying to think of an example. We are talking about our service businesses, the people on the second floor, accounting, accounting, legal, accounting, insurance, marketing. marketing. Yeah. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I so, support. Yeah. Do, uh, do we that we go to or we? The you like? You yeah. like? Okay. <laughs> I can't say my own, right? <laughs> you can say that. I was going to say, Corey, this one's real easy for you. Uh, no, uh, so I, what I'll say is I'll give a shout-out to Maypro, uh, Christian Harris. That's my guy. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that would be the, the business I would be thinking. I'm drawing a blank, honestly. I'm drawing a blank. She's burned out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not burned out. I just don't, I don't have a favorite I, because I have a law practice that's pretty self-sufficient, I don't have like that business-to-business relationship with. I would say Byline Bank because it's really diff- it can be difficult to open a campaign account, and they have been so nice mm-hmm. and treated me like just just like a real person. So I, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I, I think I think Byline Bank's a great answer because um, you know local community banks are absolutely vital um, to the small business community. But, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a great little communication shop in town that does a lot of digital communication that, uh, that, that's owned by the, the, the chair of the board of our uh, local <laughs> chamber of commerce. And, and I'm not, not above a little bit of pandering. So gonna, this has just become gratuitous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if we're talking yeah. banks, I do want to give a shout out to Wintrust. Melissa Cleveland over there is amazing. Yeah, she is. Yeah, and, <laughs> and now, you know Chris what else is the here, UPS Chris store? Here also is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just give a shout out to the UPS store. They come in really handy. <laughs> CJ is the she's home the, girl. Yes, she's <laughs> the home girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right, and our last question. Where's your favorite place to work out? Indoor, outdoor, gym, park? At your home. At your home. Mm. Mm. 
Corey? Yeah, that depends. Uh, in the wintertime, in the house, I got a treadmill. Bought one during the pandemic, like most people. Bought all kinds of exercise crap, <laughs> right? Because we thought we were going to be indoors forever, Mad Max style or something. I don't know. But uh, and during the spring, summer, and fall, I like to run around Berry Park. I definitely give a shout-out to FFC. I have an awesome personal trainer there, and it's been going really well. Um, I have a group of women that we have a personal trainer, and we meet on my friend's in my friend's garage. So um, I, I've lost 160 pounds in the last Ooh, 13 months. Um, and a big part of that was um, I, had, I had a gastric bypass, but I've been, I've been working out with um, someone named Darcy Adams, a personal trainer who owns her, who, who, who is her own business. And, and I think that, you know, when we're, when we're talking about what the small business community looks like in Oak Park, you know, those, those small businesses, that's just someone running a business out of their own home. You know, she she comes and she does personal training sessions for my parents and my brother <laughs> and me separately in my parents' garage that they've, um, you know, set up a set up a workout space. So uh, I'd, I'd give her a shout-out in my favorite space is, I guess, my parents' garage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a perfect note to end on. Mm-hmm. Guys, on behalf of the Oak Park and River Forest Chamber of Commerce, I'd like to thank all the candidates for coming today and for their time. Uh, special shout-out to Michael Mitchell, our producer, um, and our friends at Boulevard Studio, our sponsors, Kettle Strings Restaurant Group and Cribby Coffee, and all who have produced participated today this officially concludes the recording the mics are gonna be off now um but if any of the lovely audience members here have an additional question they are more than welcome to ask it at this time but please note that it will not make it until the recording because like we got like a time limit y'all and we open so like <laughs> so feel free to move around